In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ has come to what the evangelist Matthew has told us today is his own city. This is Capernaum, the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali, as it is said elsewhere in the Gospel. A land the Lord later says, Woe to you, since the inhabitants of Capernaum do not repent of their sins and they reject Jesus Christ. But nonetheless, it is his own city. It is Christ's home base for his mission on earth and in his ministry, right at the top of the Sea of Galilee. Blessed Theophilact tells us that Capernaum means the house of comfort and of consolation because Christ came down from heaven to make the Gentiles the house of the comforter. Zabulon means nocturnal, and Nephthalim means a broadening. So what we have is the life of the Gentiles given to us in the names of this territory and of this city. It was a dark and broad place, for the Gentiles were walking not the narrow way, but the way leading to destruction that was broad and dark. We have a city that is Christ's home base. His mission on earth comes from here, to and from. Christ comes, goes out somewhere, and returns to Capernaum. We see it over and over in Scripture. It is his own for a time. It sits in a highly trafficked trade route and made, and this is where the Lord's message travels to parts unknown and spreads speedily. He could preach, heal, and teach in cities and synagogues all around the Sea of Galilee, getting in their boat and then coming back, just as he has done in how the gospel opens today. And St. Gregory Palamas tells us that Capernaum truly symbolizes heaven as it bears within it the inhabitant of heaven. His own home is made in Capernaum, so it became God's home. Christ chose this place to teach and heal on this day so that in the middle of a land of darkness, the sender of the Comforter, his own self, Jesus Christ, made the home, enters the home of somebody and forgives a man of his sins and raises him from his bed-bound state. But what I want to notice and focus on, that though Christ has chosen this place, it is friends who come and bring this paralyzed man into this home in Capernaum. It is friends who bring the paralytic to Christ there. They are true friends. True friendship is the laying down of your own life for the other person. It is desiring the good for another. It is the laying down of your life and the pursuing of the good alongside another person in a partnership. This is what true friendship is. It is choosing joy in the other, even when there might be no personal gain for, the, for myself to have, but that we know in that joy there is something truly good for the other. As Christ teaches us by his own words and his powerful teaching, greater love has no man than this, to lay down his life for his friends. So Christ gives us the true definition of friendship, to lay down your life for another. Christ today heals this man on account of the faith of four of his friends. We get this reading over in each one of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke. And then there is also a paralytic in John, though it's probably not the same paralytic. 
but we get that there are four friends when we look at the other accounts. The four friends push through the adversity that blocked their friend from being at the feet of Jesus Christ. These friends broke up the roof of this home in Capernaum, lowered their friend down to the Lord, and their faith helped them make this bold move, even though the man could not for himself. The paralyzed man is unable to bring himself to the Lord, so it is friends that must bring him to the feet of Jesus Christ. After the four friends lower the paralytic, Jesus recognizes their act, their communal act together, especially of the four friends. It is their act of faith that after this, Christ recognizes this and names the paralytic his son. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. And in this same utterance, the God-man forgives sins and heals the man. This man has become a son of God on account of the physical and spiritual entreaties of his friends. Christ heals the soul first. This is significant to notice. By this we see that the soul is primary and that the body is after it in importance. Not that it's unimportant, but that it's after. It doesn't hold the first place, but perhaps the second. We learn that the spirit is of utmost importance and then the body. Here Christ does two things. He is clearly showing to all present and who know the words of Scripture that he is God because only God can forgive sins. Only God can wipe away what separates us from him. Only after his divine forgiveness is given does he then raise the man from his bed. Just as we all will be raised up one day to have perfected and immortal bodies that are free from sin, from pain, and suffering. But until then, we await that day. And then we will all be compelled to stand in Christ's presence with these renewed, perfected, and immortal bodies. It is only He, as the God-man, Jesus Christ, that is able to give to the paralyzed man the healing of soul as well as of the body. Our Lord may not immediately heal the body of each one of us when we run to him or are brought to him by friends, for only he knows what will help us or say, and save us. But the salvation of the soul will always take place for those who come and are brought into his presence, revealing our own spiritual infirmities and our own paralyzed faith. Most often, that occurs by the entreaty of true friends, of true friends in the Spirit, those that pray for us, that bring us in that prayer before the God-man and his saints, for they are his friends. And in this is the most loving act anyone can do for another. This is how you become a friend in spirit. And truly, a true friendship is born there. All who come to Christ's presence are healed in soul when they lay before him in faith by the faith of other friends. And when, by their own desire, they long to be healed. Together, all five of these friends come to Christ. So we learn that spiritual friendship is far more important than friendships of the body. A friendship that exists in the spiritual realm must also exist to bring us to the feet of Christ. It must exist in truth. I must exist to challenge others and to, to come into the presence of Christ and to bring them there. If it is not this, 
It is based on things of the body, its fulfillments and pleasures alone. And it will for sure not be taken into the life to come and probably won't even last within this life. Friends who are fair-weather friends are no friends at all. Friends who are there only for the sharing of wealth or in happiness or when the party is happening is no friend at all. If that is who your friends are, you should probably go get new ones. I won't scandalize you with a description of what untrue friendship is that I fostered in my own life and in my youth. But let me tell you that none of those friendships of my youth that were based in those things have gone beyond mere acquaintances, no matter how deep I thought them to be at the time. They don't go beyond seeing pictures of them online or making perhaps a few phone calls a few times a year or shocks at the directions of their life or regrets that I bear as reminders of the little words that were exchanged. Keeping up with events is all that we have left. Only light, tenuous connections over a passing through of the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali, like we were just on the trade route there, but did not receive Christ's word. This is because of the abundance of my own sins, and I know this, of missing the point of life at that time because of my own misplaced so-called desire for friendship. But those spiritual friends that I do have to this day are those that became rooted in Christ, or, as we can say, became rooted in the God-man himself. It is those who share in the life of Christ in season and out of season, in suffering and in joy, that are real friends. They are those who I know Mutually, we bring each other before the feet of Christ by bearing them in my own soul in prayer, and they do so for me. Those are those who are truly known, who know me, and I know them. Sin is the paralyzing of all the parts of our life, and friendships are deeply affected by it. But friends can also help heal us. This is the reality of our spiritual lives. We aren't saved as individuals, but as persons in a community and in the bonds of love and in truth. It is friends who work to bring us into the presence of the Almighty, who became man, that true friendship is known. This requires a great spiritual effort on our part. This must be so because of the complete healing and fullness of truth needs to happen after a roof is broken up, as it were. We come into the presence of Christ. We must get into his presence and be healed and become whole men and whole women. We also need to have, so this is what it's like on the outward, our community. But we also have an inner way of understanding what friends are, an understanding of the inner man, and I want to bring this out in closing. We need to have our own friends of the inner man, those things that we do that help us spiritually. These things we'll get to in a sec. If we pray, pay attention to ourselves, then all true friendships are able to mature and become unshakable and deep. St. Gregory Palamas offers this inner man understanding of the four friends. It is friends who make the, it is those friends who we're about to get to who break up the roof and are able to get into the presence of Christ. Those things that are blocking us from his presence and that we can be lowered to be at his feet. That roof may be our own thinking. That is, 
that they, we don't know a way to get to God. We are unable to move, much less push through a crowd or tear a hole in a roof of our mind and of our habits to get there. But this is the effort of the friends in the community of faith by action and in prayer and just being with them. This is how this happens in a community. St. Gregory also reminds us that the weaknesses of our body can lead a person to focus less on earthly needs and more on the well-being of the soul. It, can't, it can draw us closer to our Lord if we give it to God and we accept it. And friends help us bear our crosses of suffering. We Christians follow our Lord's example and don't shy away from suffering. We ask for healing, yes, of course. If it does not come immediately, though, we embrace it as a remedy of God for our sins and as some way to bear one another's burdens. We ask for healing, and friendships help us bear those spiritual illnesses. We fervently cry out with tears of mercy for one another. We reflect on our lives and see where we have missed the mark, and we resolve to do better with God's help. And Christ is there when we ask. He is there, my brothers and sisters, here and now. This does not mean, of course, that we seek out pain and that we seek out illnesses. But it means that when we are ill or when we are in pain, for this is inevitable, we use it as a means to break down the tiles, the bricks, the straw, those things on the roof that separate us from the Lord. That part of you that is paralyzed in sin requires also a friendship of the inner person, of the inner man, and this is what I want to get to. St. Gregory Palamas goes further and says that these four friends that carried their fifth friend to the Lord on his pallet, on his bed, that he could not get up from, these friends allow us to approach God and be before Jesus, not just as a community of friends, for that is true, or in a physical way, or in our emotional pains, helping us bear them as a community, but also as a spiritual disposition that carries us to the Lord. St. Gregory calls these four friends the recognition of our own sins, taking those to holy confession, then renouncing those in that confession, and then prayer to resolve ourselves to eliminate what separates us, to not rebuild that roof that is separating us, and to not try and keep pushing through the crowd, but to stay in Christ's presence. Only when we ask these friends for their, these, their assistance can we come to the one who is able to raise us from our paralysis of sin and then walk with Jesus Christ. Without them, that part of your life which is paralyzed will never get to Christ's healing presence. Without those four friends, we must repeatedly ask them to help us. So, only after forgiving the paralyzed man's sin does Christ heal his body and raise him from the ground. By this dual act of healing of the soul and then the body, all who are present there and who, all who are present there today, today recognize that Jesus has the power over soul and of body. But they also see that a great loving friendship that this man has, that he had four friends who gave him the greatest gift you can possibly give. Christ knows the secrets hidden in each one of our hearts and all of those present here. What we learn here is that he requires of us to make the effort that we can make and help one another in our needs. 
whether they are spiritual or whether they are physical. We need true friends in a community and friends of the inner man that we have spoken of to arrive in the presence of Christ who changes everything. What is abundantly clear from the event of this miracle is this. Our Lord is calling us to do this in the middle of a land of darkness where many pass through in a place that is even later condemned by him. None of that matters. What matters is who we are with in our community and that we hear the Lord. And it is these five friends who gain everlasting life in spirit and in body with Christ in his heavenly home. So dear people of God, each of you can be a true spiritual friend to one another. Our Lord, the God-man Jesus Christ, has provided all for us. He is able to heal us deep in our souls and in our bodies. Let us seek out those four friends of the inner man. St. Gregory so beautifully brings them out to us, those friends of the soul, acknowledgement of our own sin, confession, renunciation of sin, and passions that plague us, and prayer. And also by the true spiritual friends that we have with one another, the friendship that we have with one another. Let us call on those friends that are within us and also help one another as kin in Christ, as his sons and daughters. Let us be ever before the feet of Jesus, who is always ready to make us his children again and to call us sons and daughters. This is how we put ourselves and our friends before God and become healed and whole. Let us strive to love by laying down our life for our friends and to bring them to Christ. In this way, by the might of Jesus Christ, may each of us hear, your sins are forgiven. Rise, take up your pallet, and go home to the heavenly kingdom of our Lord and Savior, the God-man Jesus Christ. Amen.